Spain, right? Where it has Shit. that like sort of like tunnel look to it. You yeah. Know? yeah. You're automatically yeah, you can, gonna get that stretched look. Yeah. You can do that center point thing, you know, like Kubrick, or you could do like oh, the yeah. um Rule of or thirds. just like the long shot kind of like uh, old boy, you know, where it's just like the left to right. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. And you could do both of those with the hallway. Exactly. You know, both are equally as cinematic. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I like alleys. I, I write a lot of alleys into my scripts just because it's, alleys are it's also just like a place for of transition where yeah. a lot of like interaction happens. Yeah. Especially like sketchier interactions. So like in like parking lots. I love parking lots too. Yeah. I same. think there's a parking lot in every <clears throat> film I've done. Besides maybe the first like one or two, so easy to shoot in those. Yeah, like your car could go right there. Yeah. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean. Like in the parking lot, a lot goes and, down in your life in a parking yeah. lot. Though it's so weird. You think about it. Like there's, like, you, you pretty much go into a parking lot every single day of your life. Yeah, to some degree. <laughs> yeah, know? it's so true. It's pretty dry. Yeah. And alleys, there's like no one. Usually, there's no one in alleys. So it's usually pretty easy to shoot because mm-hmm. yeah. you're not bugging people. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I, I like those. It's better than writing in like empty warehouse, which is sort of like this cliche. The generic. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I'd uh, like to shoot in a warehouse in a sense of like, but like disguising it, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, that would cost money. In, That's in something a sense I don't have. <laughs> disguising like, it? Like disguising a warehouse? Like making it into like oh, a fashion like shoot be like a soundstage sort of a thing. yeah 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 see that would be cool but i mean that that's cool. over my budget <laughs> there needs to be some kind of flavor to the warehouse yeah you know exactly. what i mean there needs to, like yeah. anything uh actually even even nothing is a choice though you know if you look at a just like a regular soundstage you know you can yeah. easily make that super cool like you know inland- like under the skin i feel like they use sound stages for some of those yeah shots and they're just blank as all hell yeah just black yeah done right it could be really cool those are one of my favorite things just like the black the black i know or yeah. just all white and with all with people yeah. doing something like in the middle of it all yeah i'd really like to do that at some point uh I just well dude western like has it. that like fucking green room now oh they do have a green room yeah it's sick they have like two of them now i think because they have the one they, and they have, they the have a green room like for uh for theater kids they built like a tv studio yeah a full media it's like a full-on fucking like it's the real deal yeah it's pretty sweet why do they where they have like west do they use it yeah they they have like what's it called western window well that's one of the things that uses it but that's not the only thing and and they do uh they do all sorts of shit in there yeah journalism students use it Mm -hmm. yeah what a waste of money they should just get some filmmaking shit in there and just throw everything else out the window. Like, yeah, I don't know. They, seriously, they don't though. need pun intended. By yeah. the way, um, but seriously though, like filmmakers are the ones who use spaces like that. Like, yeah. you're pretty much wasting it on art students and journalists. And like even most of those art students, like they're they're doing it for the art, but they're not really actually into filmmaking. Yeah, exactly. that, that just pisses me off. I did. don't even get me started. Damn it! Are we going to <laughs> I'm not, not going to generalize, but you don't need a bit. You know, you, when we were going through school, they had those fancy, you know, five Ds. You know, that yeah. were I think pretty sure were bought for the art students. They were. But a lot of them were just using them to take photos of their work, and it's like you don't need 
a 5D for that. Yeah, well, then they have, I mean, like, one so, or two photography classes. Such overkill. And that's what they bought them for, was basically, yeah. like, the couple of photography, and, like, low level. Like, there was no, like, high level photography. But, but, and you look at all their work, and it's just them shooting around fucking Western. Yeah, exactly. Like, why? Everybody's, everybody does that. You have a fucking camera. Go shoot. Do something fucking original. Like, go to Seattle. I don't know. Yeah, do, or just or, or make. Just not western yeah <laughs> you know? or just make a scene town. like you could make a scene set get somebody bloodied up and go in a parking lot and make like crime scene photos or some shit do something different than fucking like the same shit like a leaf on a brick and all this shit i mean i cleaned fine arts building Nature. for like for off and on for years and i'd clean those labs every fucking morning and it's these i would have to check out the photos and it's just like most of them are garbage, dude. It's amazingly unoriginal like, work. And it's just like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. And and they're wasting yeah. all that film. I. Ugh. Oh, were they shooting on actual film? Yeah. Oh. And it just pisses me off. Yeah, and then we get barred from using the cameras at the end of the semester, <laughs> end of the quarter, because like they'd be like, oh, we gotta only the art students can use them, or they have the priority because they have to do their like you know photo projects yeah. so we weren't able to use any of that it's like fuck you guys we yeah. got projects to do too like yeah it's dumb yeah that that's where my bitterness comes in i don't i don't know if i can agree with your bitterness byron or uh, even condone it honestly <laughs> honestly <laughs> why it's just practicing art students man i don't know i don't know i'd i'd i'd, I'd fight you to, to death but the, but the thing is is like these art students they had to get into that program those programs but i have to like and the like it's just something about the art students there that just like i don't know there's something like it just irritates me i don't i don't know it it was a very closed off department both both academically like it you had to like go through prerequisites to even yeah. get in i mean even, and then yeah. It, like yeah once like you don't really see, you saw people walking around with like giant canvases yeah. and that was like it and they, and they think that they're like oh i got accepted into this thing art thing blah blah yeah. blah i'm an artist i'm an actual artist and shit and then you look at their work and you're just like that i did and yeah. that's something i mean that's um exit through the gift shop shit uh gift shop type shit you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I i'm with you i did a uh I interviewed 12 of them. I think that was all of them who were graduating and did little videos for each one to like show their big art project. And I'm pretty sure the guy who I'm about to rip into, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to this, but if he does... Just don't name his name. That sucks for him. I'm not going to say his name or anything, but... Uh, you know who you like, are. Uh, like canvas that he he like poured a bunch of cement in canvas and then just wrapped the cement in a bunch of canvas. And it just looks like a, just a, it doesn't even look like anything. Like I was just a, like, like Oh, so what are you going to do with? Yeah. Like in the, when I was in inter- asking him, I was like, so what do you do after this? And he's like, no, 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 that's a finished piece. It was like, it's a, it's a literal piece, but then, there's all these other really cool ones that were like different and stuff. And yeah, there's a little bit of that closed off mentality. Um, but a lot of them, like, it feels like they're, they're, as they were explaining like their art, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, like I'm, I'm with you on that yeah. idea. 
uh, now that you say it, I can see it, but some of them obviously were better than others. But that one guy was like, how the fuck did you get into this program? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It just it didn't make any sense to me. And maybe it's just me not getting it, but I'm pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure I was totally with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel, yeah. You go back and forth on the validity and of art or whatever. Because I, what I like the weird art, shit. I guess, yeah. I'm into it, you know? Yeah, For I, sure. I just like seeing original, unique, more personal shit. And you can tell. You can, it stand, they stand out. So. Speaking of art and artists, <laughs> art film. Oh, God. I um, hope to God that Jacob actually hates these. Uh, um, <laughs> welcome to the Back to Back Films podcast, where we cover the things you ever knew you wanted to know about movies. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. I'm Jacob. And we're talking Harmony Corinne, the filmmaking foot soldier himself, the person that we've brought up many times on our 73 episodes of this show. Who Herzog says the last remaining the last foot soldier, foot in this soldier army. of the cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then Herzog goes on knows. to be in his in his film. <laughs> so uh, the first film we're going to talk about is Gummo, released in 1997. Lonely residents of a tornado-stricken Ohio town wander the deserted landscape trying to fulfill their boring, nihilistic lives. Gummo was written and directed by Harmony Corinne. Stars Jacob Sewell, uh, Nick Sutton, Chloe Savini, Jacob Reynolds, and Darby Doherty. As well as Corinne himself in one scene, and uh, I'm gonna s- not gonna s- say which scene, but you know, you it's a very interesting scene. Um, what? Well, it's the the gay scene, right? Where he's talking about uh, where he's hanging out with the short black. Uh, yeah, I wanted to see if people yeah. could pick it out for themselves, though. Now you've ruined it. Oh, I, thought, I thought you were just doing it because because you wanted me to guess, but I already knew that. <laughs> so I, we kind of said the, so in the, i thought the world revolves around me but i guess not in the happy i think it was a happy hour episode or whatever we kind of said like oh he is in there and once one thing but yeah anyway yeah he is in that's that scene where they're sitting on the couch with the uh with the black guy and uh it's pretty hilarious <laughs> sorry to ruin the ruin the <laughs> it's, uh it's your form there it's Damn fine it. It's something that's to be expected by this point. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, the this sec- is my role on the podcast. Just to ruin shit. Yeah. Continuously. All right, the second film is Julian Donkey Boy, released in 1999. A portrait of the effects of schizophrenia on family life is the central focus. I guess is that was the direct IMDb. Um, yeah, so I guess it, it's an interesting. It kind of works. Yeah, I mean, does. I guess I don't really know how else to describe it. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's I think that's about as easy as you could describe it with words. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in a one sentence form. Yeah, um, yeah. Julian Donkey Boy was written and directed by Corinne. It stars Ewan Bremner, Chloe Savini, and Werner Herzog as the main kind of people. And then sort of some like lower key actors, I guess. So real quick, I'm just going to talk about who this guy is. Um, he was born in California, raised in Tennessee, and eventually skating the streets of New York City. Uh, Corinne started watching films from a young age with his father, who also taught him how to use cameras, specifically a, a little Bolex. Uh, he got his start in filmmaking with the film Kids, which he wrote. 
Uh, and during this time, he was put in contact with an individual named Carrie Woods, who helped him obtain the million-dollar budget for Gummo, which would come out two years later. Oh, fuck. Um, that'd be nice. Right. <laughs> and if you don't know what Kids is, Kids is a kind of snapshot sort of film. In a 24-hour period, it kind of goes through the life of this group of teens, um, and it's it's very, very known. It's, it's known for its very, very controversial nature. Um, I believe there's, there's one of the few films that has actual sex in it, um, and it has to do with this period of time uh, at the height of the AIDS sort of academic or epidemic or scare. Um, so it was, yeah, it arrived on scene, wasn't very popular, but has since become a kind of a, a cult film, um, in that regard. And it kickstarted Chloe Savini and, uh, uh, Rosario Dawson's acting careers. Yeah. Uh, kids, I don't think there's actual, actually any real sex in it, but the director has done films that do have. Is that what it is? Have. Yeah. I could have swore it was on, because there's be only a few that actually do this. I could be wrong, but I've, I have that movie. I've seen it. Um, I just don't think there's any real penetration in it. Um, but it's been a while. I need to rewatch. Uh, let's see. It is controversial, though. I think it. I think it was initially rated in C seventeen because there's like rape and stuff. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty, like straight up, like in your face about how. A lot of kids yeah. act, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. It's that's the thing. It's supposed to be very much like real. Yeah, it's not very part. often you get films about teenagers or even maybe some younger having sex in such a graphic, <laughs> in-your-face way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yet very real in the sense of like, it does happen. Just a lot of adults don't tend to think about it or want to think about it you know right <laughs> yeah maybe there wasn't actual but it was it was pushing that boundary of like a one step away from being like actual penetration or whatever actual sex on screen um but that yeah that movie kind of kick-started a couple people's career and i believe he wrote it in like a super short period of time he was like some guy had the idea for the story and he was like, oh, I'll totally write this. And like three weeks later, it was like, here's a screenplay for you. Pretty yeah. Much. Um, and then I think Gummo was kind of the same way where he kind of wrote it fairly quickly uh, and then shot it like soon after. Uh, so Gummo, uh, while controversial as well, if you and if you've following this podcast, you had to have watched it. You know why it's controversial. Um, garnered a lot of attention from filmmakers such as Gus Van Sant and Werner Herzog. And then Herzog went on to tell Corinne that he was the, quote, last foot soldier in this army, referring to filmmaking. Um, and that he should never really compromise himself or what he wants to do for film. Uh, this eventually led Herzog to being cast as the abusive father in Julian Donkey Boy, just due to the respect. I think specifically Herzog... Um, he quotes, or he mentions the bacon nailed to the wall in the scene where the kid's in the bathtub in <laughs> yeah. Gummo, eating the fucking spaghetti and having his mom <laughs> shampoo his hair. 
just that whole whole sequence just to describe that sequence is so is so bizarre (laughs) um he said he was totally floored by that and it's just opened him up to this this filmmaker with such a unique uh concept i guess for film that just hasn't really been a thing i had my parents watch that scene and they just did they couldn't look away I know it's so compelling because you're just like, yeah. what the fuck? Because they, they don't know. They, they, it's like it's like sca- it was scary to them, but it was also yeah. like funny. But it was like sad, and it's totally sad. Yeah, you know, and and and, and they just they're just like I don't like. They knew how they knew what they were feeling, but they didn't know why. And that's the, the filmmaker thing. wanted you to feel mm-hmm. those things. But right. you don't exactly know right. because there's nothing in in that scene that directly <laughs> tells you how you should feel. Yeah, no. I, I think it's silent. And you're Basically, just literally you just, just hear, like, like, watching the this happening. You just like hear the water yeah. as he's like moving. And he just like, you hear him eat his chocolate. <laughs> yeah. You know, in that and kind it of falls in. way. And it, it falls dr- in. Yeah, he drops it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kind of does the like, it, it's like sort of like in Killing... <laughs> I think Killing of the Sacred Deer does the same thing where you kind of hear the fork on the plate and him kind of like, you know, eating the spaghetti. Yeah. And it's just, the whole thing is just so bizarre. And you're just like, you want to watch it because you have no clue what's going to happen. And there's nothing to tell you. Like, there's no music to just be like, oh, you should be feeling, you know, like this right now. Yeah. You're just watching it. But it's also one of those things that's like semi-nostalgic in the sense of like, I mean, I remember being in the bathtub and like eating in the bathtub. And, I do not. And like also, <laughs> yeah. must, must really? be a white trash thing. It must be. It must be. Um, I. I mean, I have since now as an adult, like maybe drink a beer in the tub. Yeah. But oh, like, as an adult, I've had spaghetti in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I I don't know about spaghetti, but I mean, I think when I was really young, like. I remember like eating candy or something in the sh- in the in the bathtub, you know, as we're like sitting there, the three brothers. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you you Nick and yeah. uh, three brothers Chris? in the tub. Yeah, is that what's going on? And, but that's what it kind of reminds me of. Them. It's like, you know, it's just so weird. And yeah, I mean, maybe it was a hot tub. I don't know. Well, I I have that same memory with like. Uh, my my cousins and and my sister, you know, because when when we not not at that age, but at a way younger age, um, but I I do remember like being like like shampooed, you know, getting yeah. shampoo in my eyes and yeah, you know that that kind of stuff, and I I was totally feeling that nostalgia, or I don't know if you would call it nostalgia. I I was just remembering that those times when I was yeah, it was like thing. one of those things where it's like wow, we've kind of all gone through this in some way or another. And here we are kind of just, like, watching it happen. And, like, who in the history of film before this scene has done a scene like... You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it just is. It just is a scene. There's nothing... Right. There's nothing about it that's like, oh, there's some problem being derived or being solved in the scene. But yet it's so engaging. Exactly. But yeah. I think part of that is, like, the how gross the water is. How Yeah. Like, how gross everything is like the walls are all moldy <laughs> yeah he, uh shampoo gets in his spaghetti he drops the candy Into like the it's just so gross so it feels like this um like your like your own memory of like being in the tub it feels like it's like invading that almost like it's yeah uh, that's, that's true too you know like it's it's saying like oh you you should 
not that you should feel bad, but like, hey, remember when you did this? Well, this is this kid's experience doing this. Right. That sucks. You know what I mean? Totally. And then there's some of this yeah. weird, like, his mom's kind of talking to him and she's kind of... Because, you know, you they had that scene earlier where she's like kind of like berating him a little bit, right? When he's lifting the silverware or whatever. So that yeah. happens earlier in the movie. And then we get to the bathroom scene and she's kind of like sort of adoring him a little bit. And it's kind of this like... I guess it's kind of nice because they're like having this moment where they're like, you know, mother, son or whatever and dealing with the <laughs> shitty Xenia, Ohio yeah. thing. I don't know. It's so, there's so many different levels to that little scene. Uh, it's just like it's the so... lack of like love, you know what I mean? But it is love, but it, God, love isn't the right word. It's, it's her own like the, way the... of showing affection. In yeah, this really but bizarre it's like, way. Uh, there's like but a I think it's like super touching. Lack of pampering or something. That's what but I'm it's also to say. very touching though. It's touching, but it's also it's weird because you know that she's kind of a bitch too. So like Yeah. But you're so far con- like disconnected from the other scene because they happen so far apart that you're kind of like, well, maybe she's just dealing with some shit or something. It's I kind mean, of she's like, a she's a saint compared to just about everyone else in this For movie. sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You almost can kind of look at her like she's just that mom that works three jobs and takes care of a kid and had a shitty, like, relationship. You know what I mean? Like, there's something about her that's sort of, like... Because, like, that whole scene as he's, like, pumping the weights in front of the mirror. Like, that was kind of, like, bonding time. It was a weird, I thought that was bonding time. So then there you go. So, like... It's her own way of showing affection. So then yeah. later when it's like this real like kind of moment yeah, where she's just like cleaning her son. Like, it, I don't know. What, what, what does she say as he's like, as he's like lifting the weights? She keeps saying something. She's it's like, like, you're not, they're never going to like, you're never going to be bulky or, and that's like, no, she's, your she's saying that the socket's going to pop out because you're not supposed yeah. to work out oh, at a young age. Oh, right, right. That's which right. is, a, which is an actual thing, you know, like. Kids aren't supposed to like work out, yeah. to to an extent. But then she's like talking about like the dad and how he like reminds her of him, yeah. And too, like, yeah. yeah. And then she pulls a gun. On him. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's some true like, bonding. That's true yeah, familial bonding, bonding right, right here. here. But yeah. it, but it's but it's like one of those things where he, he, she does it. But he, at least for me, I I never felt like she was going to harm him. No, no. Like it, it was one of those things, so. like. It's almost like this weird thing where you're watching it almost through the eyes of him, and it, you don't 100%. even necessarily know if that actually did happen, as did as this whole movie. Like you, and that's like where the surrealism comes in. But it could also be where like shit. I mean, there was so much shit that I used to do. You know, I didn't have like pink bunny ears, but I had my fucking rabbit. my version of that. You know, yeah. as kids growing up in the woods, totally. Um, which is a very real thing. So this like movie taps into like both the super real and the super surreal, and it meshes yeah. it together in this like perfect harmony. <laughs> oh my god! You get one of those this episode. I think I think you guys should both get zero. You get one. That's, one. that's what I think. That's the only Take it one. Back. Cut you it get. out. Cut it out of the podcast. It's gonna be a big long beep. 
Uh, oh man! You know this whole episode is leading up to one God. more. Of those, uh, one more of those. That uh, same joke. You, that's your one. That's your one. Uh, no, but I think I think you're right for sure. Um, this room, this movie reminds me of like Tree of Life in a sense too. In the sense of like Tree of Life has all these vignettes, all these moments of childhood that I personally could relate to growing up in a very similar fashion as those boys did in Tree of Life, but also in a similar fashion of Gummo. I mean, there's a lot of experiences that I had that are in Gummo to a degree, not to the full extent, but... Right, there's obviously a, Gummo right. is like a more extreme version yeah. of a lot of things. But the idea of riding your bike around with your buddy, yeah, throwing yes. shit at a fucking wall, yeah. like... Playing fake guns, yeah. yeah, killing yeah. bugs, playing cowboys and Indians or whatever. If you lived out in a place you know? where you could have a BB gun, you just yeah. you know, yeah, whatever. Like, totally. There is that. That's the thing that gets me about this movie. Is like, yeah, there's a lot of messed up stuff, the cat killing and like just the violence and stuff. But it's like, or not necessarily the violence, but it, then you're kind of like, but on a smaller scale or in a less extreme sense, it's like I've done those things. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And just like, I think that's what, that's what this movie is playing with. It's like, yeah, it's like trying to get you to remember those things as a kid, and then it's saying, "Hey, here are, here are these kids who are experiencing them in this way." Exactly. Yeah. You know, and if you look at their uh, parents and like how how the parents are acting and all the other townspeople, you can kind of see that they they are cut from the. I I feel like the movie is saying they're cut from the same teeth. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like even the. The freaking scene, the really long scene in the kitchen, where they start off with the arm wrestling, and then eventually it's like he just like breaks the chair. And yeah, like, yeah, he starts smacking the chair. I mean, I've even yeah. been in one of those situations, yeah. like when I was living in the dorms, where it was like, <laughs> yeah, we just went from drinking to suddenly two people were wrestling yeah. on the ground. That's how it always is with dudes, yeah. you know? And like, just like yeah. what the fuck? Like, yeah, like what is happening right now? And it's just there's like you know like five people just sitting in a room, like yeah. just doing nothing because you have nothing else to really do but, at the right. time yeah but there's also like these like moments of tenderness that are just in like of like like you know that whole scene set to um uh otis uh what no fuck what's his name the i believe song or yeah whatever. um crying crying um yeah in the rain they're jumping on the trampoline the two girls and they're basically like topless and they're like taking turns kissing the little you know the boy and oh that's later yeah and and it's like this pool yeah yeah, and it's like this like or that in the pool and like it's like sweet and like tender and like innocent and like almost every boy can like relate to that to some degree whether or not maybe not like physically actually kissing like girls but like having a crush on like a neighbor or whatever. I mean, there is you some people I mean? who like, had that where it was like, yeah, you were kind of like this this child form of experimentation almost. Yeah, kind of like, and it's like I kind of like you, you know, so yeah, you kind of kiss or whatever, and it's like, but in the, yeah, obviously this is a little different. Yeah, and there's like so but, there's, there's varying degrees, but yeah, he Karen Karen is so good at like taking facets of what almost everybody has experienced and like enlarge or like heightening it to a point mm-hmm. that is still relatable to people mm-hmm. so it doesn't completely throw you out it still keeps you engaged yet it's definitely um not necessarily something you know 95 percent of the people have experienced just it's close to something you know what i mean right. and it's just it's, I, it's like the most ex- yeah the most extreme 
thing. Yeah. That that's where the that's where the surrealism is. But to keep know? that going for as long Throughout as the whole, the whole movie is impressive, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. To to have that momentum, but just to come up with mundane things that we do every day, you know, like going to the grocery store or whatever, and then like those guy, the guy who was trying to pick up those girls, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. like that's totally yeah. a thing. Even like the accordion kid on the toilet, like yeah, I feel like I have done that, but not that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm pissing done, off like, the bridge. The idea of just pissing like, off the bridge for let's sure. Let's just wait for this, <laughs> yeah. you know, to 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 finish, and then you know, just go on with your day. Yeah, you exactly. Nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. There's something about every scene where you're kind of like, I feel like, and it's like something about the feeling of the scene that evokes like, huh? If yeah. I kind of feel like it's I don't know. Almost been there. Yeah. For some reason, somehow. Uh, even the st- the stupid skinhead boxer <laughs> boxing brothers, like <laughs> you, like I feel like everyone knows, like that group or like that those two dudes yeah. or brothers yeah. who just do who that shit. Kitchen. Yeah, or, and you're just yeah. like, really? Yeah. Like even twins. Like oh, I had those twins were in my school. Exactly. Like the two dudes that were and twins. Kind of just laugh. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny let's go let's go lift some weights like, yeah just yeah ridiculous shit um um one thing i thought was really interesting is how the movie kicks off by telling you that there was a tornado mm-hmm. that went yeah. through the area um I didn't, I didn't really know what to think about that really was, was there anything it was just kind of an interesting way to like open up the the movie as like hey there's like this kind of tragedy you know, like it didn't, it kind of impacted the town, but, you know, it maybe just kind of put everybody on edge or something. Like yeah. it kind of frames, frames the people of this town as like this kind of broken by the tornado. You That's know what really I mean? like, what I think. No one came to save them or anything. They just keep going. Exactly. And I think it's a framing tool of just like, you know, because if you were to watch this movie without that, you'd be like, well what the like what am i looking at like what is the reasoning behind these people being so absurd yeah with the tornado you're kind of like well they were all struck with something a lot of shit got destroyed you know that's why a lot of people have like all this junk in their house and like you know everything is kind of run down and crappy because like tornado just went and destroyed stuff like and then it's kind of creates this sort of dystopian Mm -hmm. world to live in for the next like hour and a half or whatever. It, yeah. It, it's interesting. Cause there's, there's like parallels in that sense, to like Julian donkey boy, where these like major events have happened before the, uh, before the movie takes place. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that, uh, Julian's mom died and all these major things, you know, that with the fucked up dad and you know what I mean? Like yeah. all that, those events that shape very much the, occurrences in the film um are not in the you know they they exactly. they happened before and the the hurricane or tornado or whatever and gummo is like this extreme it like it, it it's like it sets up his own world yeah you know because like the yeah. film doesn't take place in the 70s but there was a tornado that hit that town in the 70s in real life and he uses that for the film right I mean, that's, oh, that's how, interesting that's how dystopian I just thought films that start. the tornado was just made up 
um, which it kind of seems like it is and it isn't. Yeah, which it I is. I like that more. Yeah. Because that totally fits into what the kind of film this is. Exactly, like, yeah. This whole film, it is and it isn't. That's, and that's he, what I'm saying, he, yeah. He, I like that. He, I think that's rad. He wrote the whole idea and, like, the, the characters and everything before even visiting the town. Um, but he already had, like, a history of what, like, yeah, I grew up on this street and, or these characters grew up on these streets and all this stuff, but he had never even visited before. And then he went and visited before he filmed, but... He does that. He did to, that for Spring Breakers later yeah. on, too, with when he'd ride around with uh, uh, Franco. It's just, and just like it's just awesome. He it, makes yeah. it very real without even knowing the place, and yeah. then puts that very real, but yet totally false yeah. <laughs> idea, and puts it into the real place, exactly. and see how that collides, which is, like again, a, a perfect like balance is it which is so weird there's that balance you know yeah. um trying to <laughs> god damn it dude don't do I it i wasn't gonna say harmony i was gonna say harmonize i know you were <laughs> <laughs> like harmony but 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 that's what it really is though yeah. you know um so i guess xenia is known as a place of tornadoes um Shawnee Indians refer to it as the place of the devil wind or land of the crazy winds. Oh, wow. Shit. There's legends of this place just being some sort of like epicenter for weather that creates tornadoes, basically. That's Um, wow. So, speaking of uh, Julian Donkey Boy, I'm going to talk a little bit about Dogma 95 to kind of frame it here. So in 1995, filmmakers Lars von Trier and Thomas Vinterberg uh, started the movement Dogma 95. I don't really want to go too deep into it, too deep <laughs> into it here because I, we should cover it later. Yeah, because we'll have a Dogma 95 yeah, episode um, for sure. But the basic point of the movement was a reaction to high budget filmmaking and the superfluous nature of productions. So Dogma 95 wanted to focus on like the quote traditional values of story, acting, and theme. Um, there are 10 rules attached to this movement that your film must abide by in order to qualify. And for a long time, there was a panel consisting of the two filmmakers who would watch and then judge your film. Um, that has since been disbanded and dogma is kind of just a, a thing of the past. But some, you know, it still exists as this idea. Um, however... No filmmaker, even the, those who created the movement, have abided by all ten rules yeah. in their films at once. And, they, uh, and they're forced to make a confession after oh, the movie. Do. Yeah, so uh, before or after the movie is made, the directors have to write a confession on what um, rules they broke of the vow of chastity. Mm, uh, and um, That's cool. Harmony, Yeah, because you're supposed to take a vow... Yeah, before you, you make your film exactly, and then you it, have yeah. to. It's, and then so harmonies was uh, the fact that Chloe Sevigny wasn't pregnant in Julian Donkey Boy that they had to stuff her. They had to well, the, and the baby itself was fake. Yeah, so too. they had to bring in that prop. So one of the rules is that everything that is in the film has to be found at the location, and all locations have to be real. They can't be created. Yeah. So Julian Donkey Boy, they had to bring in a fake baby. <laughs> which broke that rule. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the pregnancy <laughs> that's, thing, right? Yeah. It's really not that bad, though, because most dogma films, they break way worse than that. Oh, yeah, totally. So it's, it, 
That's crazy. And it's the first uh, American dogma film. Exactly. That's a big kicker, too. Yeah, he was the first American dogma film. And he made it in line with most of those rules. Um, but like I said, broke a few. However, Von Trier lauded his ability to creatively interpret the rules, I mm. guess. Because mm-hmm. uh, he did follow most yeah. of them. But, the, yeah, obviously a few things. But that's really, it's interesting. And for folks, um, you should look it up. Especially filmmakers, it's an interesting idea and yeah. a very interesting test. You should for do yourself. a dogma film. I've thought about it. Yeah. I actually like uh, right after watching Julian Donkey Boy, I wrote a yeah. plot. Out, oh, sweet! A dogma plot that I thought could be yeah. interesting. Um, hmm. But uh, I think it had to do with like home invasion or something. Oh, cool! Like suddenly the people are just like invaded by like people. Fuck. Yeah. So. Um. um oh shit. The Sonys would make really good dogma yeah. films. Yeah. Those A7s. Because one of the rules is that you can't have artificial, artificial lighting. lighting. Yeah. Everything has to be natural. Yeah. Um, and you also have to have, like, in camera sound, I think. Yeah, so if there's music, has be, yeah. it has to be being, it has everything to be playing be on set. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can you put, like, a. Come on, let's read the rules now. Like a mic on your camera and just have yeah like you can get all the that, sound so you can like put like a boom it just has to be attached yeah. to your camera so right. like if we because uh. like you can record sound through the atomos shogun or ninja or whatever um oh, sure. and, and which is sweet but it has to be with the camera thing. yeah all right it can't be like gotcha. separate here i'll just read the 10 rules so that it's just cleared up uh so rule number one shooting must be done on location props and sets must not be brought in um, if a particular prop is necessary for the story, a location must be chosen where this prop is to be found. The sound must never be produced apart from the images or vice versa. Music must not mm-hmm. be used unless it occurs where the scene is being shot. So you record sound. Like Julian Donkey Boy has good sound, right? It doesn't sound like it's coming out of a DV camera. Um, but you can't, like, if they're playing, if you hear music, ask me the character started to play the music or like yeah. they're at a dance where the music is happening, basically. Yeah. Which yeah. And you can't dance... add like footsteps and stuff, like no, no right. sound effects. Of yeah. yeah. And even a dance, I think, wouldn't work because you'd have to design, I mean, unless you happen to upon a dance, I guess. Uh, the camera <laughs> must be handheld. Any movement or immobility attainable in the hand is permitted. So everything has got to be handheld. Uh, the film. Excuse me, must be in color. Special lighting is not acceptable. If there is too little light for exposure, the scene must be cut or a single lamp be attached to the camera. So that's the only form of Whoa. artificial lighting you can really do is essentially documentary kind of yeah. or like horror lighting. Um, optical work and filters are forbidden. The film must not oh. contain superficial action, so murders, weapons, etc. must not occur. So everything's got to be fairly real in that regard. Uh, temporal and geographical alienation are forbidden. That is to say that the film takes place here and now. Can't be a period piece because then you're starting to build sets, right? Uh, genre movies are not acceptable, which I don't really understand that. It's I don't weird. understand that. Um, why? Well, why couldn't we do a dogma horror movie with no, like, real murder? Or not real murder, but I, no, like, I, murder. That's, hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll say just to play the other side that genre is can be really tropey um and so by saying no genre they're essentially saying like these can't be stories inspired by like the other genres and tropes of those genres because tropes are 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 fake in in and of themselves you know they're like a product of 
repeating the genre. So I think I think by saying that, I think that's what their their goal is like not to make like a Hollywood movie of some kind or a genre movie, but like to do something different. You know? and I still, do something true and real. I mean, so, so I, I think I, I think that makes sense. I guess I just yeah. In that regard, you're probably gonna naturally fall into some genre steps though. Like if I were to make a dogma yeah. film, you you know, it'd probably end up being a bit more macabre than like Jacob's dogma film or Byron's film. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like it just I, that, it could be that could be a, like genre after the fact. You know what I mean? Like it could be because you know how you, like you can look at any movie and just put it into a box of some kind. You know, um, but it, it but some movies like it feels like the genre came first. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? Yeah, because I've seen... So I think they're, like, trying to avoid the genre first, I've seen, I think. I've seen probably, like, seven, maybe more Dogme films, and I feel like all of them, if you... You could maybe give them a genre, but it does kind of feel like they didn't, like, we're going to make a thriller, or we're going to make... That's true. ...a science fiction film. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, there's certain ones you can't like touch, right? Yeah. Like, you couldn't do, like, a John Wick. No, right, document. because it requires like that'd fake. be impossible. Yeah, yeah, it would be a totally different movie. Right, yeah. but like uh, yeah. a home and in, home intruder situation. I should, I'm pretty sure what I wrote down was like you could abide by all the rules. But what? Wait, what's the one with guns and stuff? What's that one? You can't have. Uh, so it's no. Where did it go? Superficial action. Okay. So you can't yeah, but you fake can have a, like a murder. You could have a home invasion. Is you that a super? Is that a super superficial action? Home invasion? I don't think so because like that's what I don't understand the that's weapons I don't, thing. Because then you could say like driving a car. Is that a superficial action? Yeah. What is? What exactly is a superficial action? I guess that's where you can take your creative liberty. But I guess weapons. <laughs> yeah. I guess in that sense they're saying. And my my th- my idea was well, if everything has to be discovered there, then why not just have a home oh, I get, well, who <sighs> grabs a knife at the house. You know what I mean? Superficial action. Because like, basically, you can't fake. You can't like an explosion is a superficial action right. because you're unless you happen to capture a random explosion, but you can't like, create one. Because like when you're driving, you're you are driving. Exactly. You could drive in a car, but at the same time, if you're oh, but you can't fake driving. Exactly. But like, but the also, person has to be driving the car. Right. But okay, also that, that it's 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 a weird it's a fine it's weird because. Oh my god, we would have to talk talk about this during the dog may film um dog may episode, but yeah, never mind. Basically, if it requires tangent. you to fake something, <laughs> then you can't do it. Yeah, okay. But that also sense. that doesn't make sense. Well, so a home that's also... invasion. Go ahead. Would that be faking a home invasion if you faked a Maybe. home invasion? Maybe. Or... But you could, could be you superficial. But you could potentially you actually have to do You could potentially invasion. do a home invasion. <laughs> but at the though. same time, I don't know if my answer is correct because in Julian Donkey Boy, they have her trip and fall. Yeah. Right? Which causes the causes miscarriage. Causes the whole miscarriage, yeah. So, yeah. So which is a is that superficial action? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Actually, now I think about it. I would. Uh, I just think like you can't have some like gig- you know you can't have a war. You can't have people shooting each other and dying because you have to right. fake the blood. And I'm like, sure I that if the way around that is is by getting like individual shots that are not superficial. So like her falling obviously is is fine, right? Like if she falls down, that's not superficial because she's actually falling down. 
But then, like, the implied idea that that hurt the baby, that seems fine, too. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's true. it's not like... But if she maybe took a... Sorry for everyone on the podcast. But if she took, like, a clothes hanger and shoved yeah. it up there, like, that would be a superficial Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's, yeah. that could be what he considers the creative interpretation of the rules, too, yeah. is that this thing occurred and then we imply... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he heavily implies what happened, essentially telling you, but, like, not showing it actually happened. So, I, f- I feel like superficial might be... Because they're Danish, Vinterberg and Von yeah. Trier. So this could be a translation thing. Could you know be, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it might be I guess more... I we'll just have to, we'll have to and dry call and, up Von Trier. Yeah. Like, hey, so. Which, uh, <laughs> Von Trier actually offered Karen to use his facilities. Um Oh really? To edit and everything, and so he did, and it saved his, him. Uh, his bathrooms. It's <laughs> to, it's to shoot the. Uh, oh no! To, to edit, yeah. to edit yeah. and um, stuff, and and it. Oh, not his, not his bathroom oh. facilities. But it saved uh, Karen's like fifty percent of his budget or some shit wow. like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so that was shoot number eight. Genre movies are not acceptable. Nine. The film format must be Academy thirty five. Ten. The director must not be credited. Which is one that like they Creative almost all, all break. Bro- fucking break, yeah. yeah. Except for Corinne did it. Well, he just he just had his name. Yeah. He didn't say directed by. Yeah. And he also did hit the Academy 35. So his process was they shot it on mini DV, transferred it to 16, and finished it in 35. Yeah, they blew theaters. it up to 35. Yeah. They used over 30 different DV cameras. Wow. Isn't that insane? Whoa. Doesn't surprise me, Dude, though. fucking... Just get that, that look. Um... So, technically, I think Julian Donkey Boy is Dogma 95. Or is considered that. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's like, I don't, there hasn't been a single Dogma 95 film that has actually fully no. done the rules. No. Has there been? Yeah, I, don't I didn't think, think so. there was. Because, so, yeah. So, Celebration is considered the first one, which, which I think is was Winterberg. So good, yeah. And um, Anthony Dodd Mantle on. Um, and who Dodd Mantle is the one who did the cinematography for Julian Donkey Boy. He's he's um, like the go-to oh. Dogma '95 guy. I mean, yeah. Now he's working with, you know, he's is he worked the Danny with Danny Boyle guy. Yeah, he, but he worked with yeah. Ron Howard on um, uh, uh, Rush. Oh, oh, he did the hunt. Seen Rush? I got a Rush. Oh, yeah, good. the hunt, man. I see that one. So good. Um, let me see if I can find the films for it real quick. Yeah, so there's been a total of 31? Is that more? Does that make wow. sense? It jumps from 12 to 14, 18, 21, 23, 28, 31. So I don't know how that works. Oh, I That's guess there's crazy. been 35 total. Um, and I don't think any film at any point has hit... Has has broken some rule at some point. Apparently. Yeah, Yeah. even this no, one. That makes I, sense. The confession. I mean, the rules are, are uh, meant to be broken. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so one thing we kind of talked about just in our little chat that we might want to bring up, and we kind of touched on this a little bit already, but I'm curious because Jacob and I sort of had a different um, interpretation, or not interpretation, but feeling about the movie of Gummo specifically, where you thought it wasn't very real to you, or it seemed more absurdist, whereas yeah. for me it felt like it 
he's got this weird way, at least in my eyes, of of creating reality. Like it is real yeah, I, almost. I wanted to talk about that because I thought that was really interesting. Like, because uh, I, I I think it stemmed from, uh, we we were trying to figure out like what exactly is like the glue that holds like Harmony Corinne's mm-hmm. style together. And you threw out the word documentary, and I was like, I don't I don't I don't know if documentary is is the right word. Like, because I could see cinema th- uh, verite. You know, I could see that kind of style. Yeah. Cinema Verite, um, for sure. but And that's, in it, in essence, very documentary feeling. But then there's, like, this absurdity to it, and there's this, uh, like, Gummo specifically, it's so um, shocking and uh, exploitative that it doesn't f- feel to me like a documentary at all. Like, style. Like, it's, like, it, it's moved beyond the truth. Um, and when you said that you thought that it was like realism, I was like, oh my gosh, I totally disagree. Although it is shot in a very re- like documentary realistic way, like in of cinema verite, but because it's so absurd and so, um, you know, shocking, it, it just, it, it feels like it's actually not real at all. It's surreal. Uh, I mean, I think so it is. I think there is some. I think it is surreal. I think there's a lot of it that's like, it's so beyond what you would think would happen or expect to happen in a real way. But he's got this way of his surrealism is derived from these like this real presentation. So like, yeah, this mixture of home video and vignettes that don't connect to much. But you're still getting this snapshot in people's lives and real dangers mixed with people who are non-actors and like people who just live there and having everything be, you know, on location and like you get a sense of the town, you yeah, get a sense of like, the society, the community. Totally, yeah, exactly. Which is something you get from documentaries. Not that's not really something you often get from uh narratives. Right. Really. And I don't think this is a I mean there's too much movie making and even like angles and stuff that make this not a documentary necessarily. I mean, there are travel shows now that have done like more shot, reverse shot, establishing shot type discussions and stuff. But there's certain, there's that look of documentary, right? Where that's like, you know, a camera is sort of following people around. Right. And they're like looking at the camera. Yeah. Like the the presence of the camera is acknowledged. Right. You know? Sort of sort of like in that um, Cannibal Holocaust. You know? Exactly. Like there's obviously a camera, but it kind of feels like it is placed there. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's not like Blair Witch where it's like the, there's a character holding the camera. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's, you think it's the more ca- like go ahead. It, it, yeah, it's like there, but like you're not. supposed supposed to acknowledge it but it's yeah. still you can tell it's there exactly you know what I mean? it's rooted in the scene like that kitchen scene in particular like the it's yeah. shot directly from someone's shoulder you know like you can tell eye level it doesn't exist in a normal spot it exists in the group of people as it kind of goes around the room you know for however long it goes around for and it, it just feel like you're just like watching a home video 
even though it's one of the more like quote like cinematically shot cleaner presentation you know what i mean it was lit it was shot on their film and like all that stuff you know but you, but you're right it's like the camera is there it, it makes itself known without any of the characters having to make it known i think yeah and i think that's the cinema verite style yeah right i mean because that's like what the office does and that's uh like you're not really supposed to know the camera is there but then they they play off of the idea that you know it's there so it's a little more on the nose i guess Mm -hmm. than this and i mean cinema verite is a form of documentary filmmaking too because it's trying it's just capture it's a essentially trying to boil it down to like you know this is just i'm just watching a train conductor do his thing and that's like cinema verite you know and that's why I think it's not documentary because um, because it it just feels like it's like it feels like it's so surreal that it like betrays the idea of documentary. You you know what I mean? Uh, I'm not sure. How to, like even even like a fake documentary feels more real than this. You know what I mean? Because it's because of just how surreal it is i don't i don't really know how to put it into words i mean to me found footage is what you're talking about where it's like not it's trying so hard to be i am talking about found footage but also other types of no for sure cinema verite movies but but what i'm saying is like my the way you describe it i picture found footage whereas like this one is like it doesn't exist even though it is surreal it doesn't undermine the qualities of it potentially being a real thing. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's, like, this shit... I mean, people are killing cats and they're selling it to Chinese restaurants and no one's batting an eye. It's so believable. It really is. It's, like, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, so believable that it's, like, I could... If I went to Xenia right now, I'd be, like, there's the kid fucking putting glass in, in cat food. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, I get that there's this notion that, like, it's not something that would happen... I mean that's that is a bad example because that's something that does happen. But there's lots of aspects of it that like you're like wow that really wouldn't happen, but you still feel like you could see that happen. And he's got right. that way, and it part of it is that mixture like with Cannibal Holocaust too, where it's like there is some shit in there that's kind of real, in that there are real people living in the town. You see the town, you know, it, it is grungy and it is uh, low income or whatever, um, mixed with these like scripted sort of scenes right yeah i mean it, 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 it yeah it's really interesting it goes back to like what Godard says you know film is truth in the sense of like no matter how fake your film is it's always going to capture some sort of truth because you know it, you're documenting light and time and you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's it, so and Herzog does this and Herzog you have to mention Herzog when you talk about Harmony Crenn and they have a very strong friendship as well and Herzog was doing this you know before Harmony Crenn was even alive yeah. um, but you know Herzog is known for his documentary work but he's also very well known for his narrative work too mm-hmm. and he goes back and forth with those worlds seamlessly and he's got movies that are both you know uh, most of his movies are both they 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 have this element where they're like actually in the fucking South American jungle exactly. filming real tribesmen 
that are unsuspecting of the film crew arriving, but yet they're also filming a narrative film with exactly people that are internationally recognized actors. Right. Um, and they're capturing real reactions. They're capturing, you know, Harmony Crenn in the, in the, when he, you know, when Julian goes into the bus holding the baby, most of those passengers in the bus were real passengers in that bus. Like that was a real bus that was going. And, uh, those are real, you know, um, reactions yeah um and so that's real in a sense that's documenting an action that is fake in the sense he's actually not holding but he's documenting a truth there um and it's in a sense it is a documentary because that footage could be used as a documentary about making a movie you know what i mean like there's so many layers to it um i mean it's super aware it's and it's aware of itself without taking you out of the movie in a weird way it's 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 interesting because um like because there's an awareness of the camera we're we're able to buy the fact that that's um real almost real reactions yeah yeah. you know like because people are 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 looking at the camera or just that general acknowledgement or awkwardness around uh you know being around a camera so insight to some of my job i i I will shoot an event here and there you know just some kind of specialty event of some kind and um i'll walk around with my 5d and everyone will think i'm taking photos and i'm not and sometimes i don't tell them sometimes i just film them and uh they they will strike a pose and then they'll turn away and i'll just keep holding the camera at them and then they'll kind of look back at me like what the hell is he doing mm-hmm. you know like what what the fuck is he doing still filming me and it's like that weird like oh like like they kind of realize that i am filming them or they're just like oh he must not like they think that they're mistaken like i'm not actually looking at them or something you know what i mean yep. and there's all these different kinds of strange reactions that people have uh, and it's just it's weird how like if you see that then suddenly it's like it feels more true you know what i mean totally totally and like in in my case with gummo too like because of that way the camera is rooted in where it's like you're so aware of it being there it's almost more real than julian donkey boy is to me like julian donkey boy feels even though it's trying to be more home video even less real than gummo does even though, I mean, like, because June Donkey Boy, you know, doesn't ever go away from its aesthetic. Like, Gummo right. will mix in the different aesthetics, but the other one is literally just, you know, doesn't matter what's happening. It's always some sort of that camera. And to me, it just doesn't feel like the camera's even there with them as much as with Gummo. Yeah, that's interesting. But I don't know. I think I've always had my perception of Gummo before I even watched it. I think kind of built that up for me too. And when I watched it, I didn't know if what I was watching was supposed to be a real snapshot of a place mm-hmm. or a film. Oh yeah. Or if it was just kind of an, a fictional thing. And that's, that's what I really like about it. Like, I feel like, um, if someone were to do their research into gummo before watching it, I feel like the movie isn't as good. Yeah, definitely. You have, you to know, just watch and not, it. not in the traditional sense of like, if you read a reviews about a movie, like the movie's not as good, or if you read a plot synopsis or something, 
because obviously that's going to ruin any movie but here it just seems like if you do any sort of research outside of reading like a log line then it's then like you're kind of it feels like you're maybe hindering the movie's ability to present itself to you totally yeah because like when my parents watched i mean they they've heard me talk about harmony Cran all the time and they're very aware of herzog because i've i've shown them all sorts of herzog films and um they knew that they were friends you know and stuff like that and that herzog was in you know in a couple of Karen films so when i was showing it to them they thought it was real because but yet they were still kind of, but they, yet they were unsure because like how can you fake those dilapidated buildings like you can't necessarily just like make that and have them like lift peel the wallpaper and have all the ants and stuff go over you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that's just shit you right. can't really recreate you know um and so what they thought what they what they were watching like they thought was real but yet at the same time they were unsure and like because they didn't know anything about the film mm-hmm. and they were and, and you know it's just exactly. like what the fuck you know um i feel like gummo is kind of like this interesting fairy tale kind of thing and then julian donkey boy is like more of like a nightmare you know they're like they're like so similar but yet almost completely different too totally. at the same like time you know what i mean it was the same guy who made it but right yeah but the, to me the, the balance um equally they they seem to me equally both documentary and like real to me for sure um but yet they in different ways like gummo just right. seems more like innocent and tender and nostalgic and julian donkey boy is more like pain filled and and sad and lonely right you know it's funny i feel like i've seen gummo but like the like it's like a it feels like you're uh, going through your childhood home videos, you know? Yeah. That, like, I don't know. Did your parents film shit oh, when you were every, kids? I mean, literally almost everything. Like, we, oh, have, yeah. we have boxes, boxes, like huge boxes of tapes. Right. My mom recorded everything. What, what Gummo feels like to me is every, a bunch of people in the community were just fil- filming shit, you know, like families filming each other. And then this is, and then it's all presented, like someone just took all that footage and like edited it all together, um, and then also included some narrative stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, it has that feel to it. Ver- while uh, Julian Donkey Boy feels like uh, almost almost more like uh, Memento, you know, mm. where it's like we're like in his world, sort of a thing. Like yeah. it feels more like this is his experience of this world, and we're um you know we're experiencing it through his eyes uh and through his lens and it is a nightmare but it it, it doesn't feel quite like it's documentary as much you yeah. know it feel it feels more like it's using the same styles the same techniques but it and the same aesthetic but it's it's presenting me an insight to his mind mm-hmm. yeah you know does that make sense yeah it, totally. makes, it makes total sense and julian's character is based on karen's uncle so i think that you know i think that it, so it comes from a very real place and he originally wow. wanted uh him to play julian and then uh ewan was going to play 
another character um but it didn't work out but i think i think his uncle i think ended up killing himself i think in real oh. in real life i want to say could be well, could be wrong about that but i'm pretty sure um just to kind of wrap that up i guess with my thought on what you just said uh the fact that it does come kind of from a real place yeah almost undercuts it for me in uh. a way which is really weird like you'd expect it to be more yeah like gummo would be less real and julian i think the whole real. like are, i are think you, are you talking about the fact that it is based on his uncle yeah it's based like, on his yeah. that idea it's based okay. on yeah. his uncle the character is like his uncle but right. what happens in the movie isn't well for sure yeah, for sure yeah. i get that but then also i feel like he's like with gummo he's kind of just like it's it i get that documentary feeling because it feels like he's just showing you something mm. julian donkey boy feels like he's trying and yeah. like trying to get to a place or trying to get you to think of something like it feels like he's trying is i think that's inherent because of it's more of a character study sure yeah 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 i'm just saying that that to me almost undercuts it yeah feeling more real than gummo does okay that makes sense you know yeah 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 so that makes sense oh yeah yeah, for sure. But uh, I, I almost think the idea of Dogma ninety five. I feel like Gummo hits the idea of Dog, Dogma ninety five more. Totally. While Ju- Julian Donkey Boy is like, hey, this is Dogma ninety five, yeah. but it's kind of a fuck you. It's like a giant middle finger to the idea of what Dogma ninety five wants, like the films that w- want to be come out of Dogma yeah. ninety five. I think you totally, totally do a Dogma ninety five Gummo easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i totally yeah. agree with that i mean though. he could have feels like it's almost all there. it's almost entirely yeah. there it feels and like he could have done the same thing with spring breakers i mean spring breakers is also very uh documentary-ish too i mean a lot of those spring breakers partying on the beach those were all real and they were filming in real party mm-hmm. things they just had cranes and stuff that they just literally inserted in there and they're like hey we're in a Har- harmony crane film and um James yeah. Franco's in it. You want to be in it? Fuck yeah! They're yeah. all wasted anyway. They're fucking stoked, you know. <laughs> that's his thing, though. That's 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 him. That's just real scenario, real settings with fake scenarios. Yeah, like the whole Selena Gomez. We're gonna talk about this, but the so so Selena Gomez, you know, scene and with all the the guys playing pool and stuff, and she was really uncomfortable in real life, and yeah, and he used it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, I can't wait, dude. Next part two is going to be one of the most epic episodes we've ever done. <laughs> oh I'm I'm really excited uh, to watch because I've seen Spring Breakers, but I didn't watch it with the through the lens of these other films. Oh, cool, you know cool, what I mean? Cool, cool. So I to- totally saw it differently, but now I'm excited to go back and watch it Same. because it's like okay, now I have this weird context for what to kind of look for because i kind of I, I saw that as like a kind of artsy studio film but i feel like it still is that obviously but um i feel like i'll get so much more out of it on it yeah on this next watch because i've watched really just just gummo you know i feel like the similarity similarities between those two movies are going to be bigger than between the other mm-hmm. movies that trash watched. humpers and julian donkey boy are much closer than um that's yeah from my research yeah. that's what i've but i i do i don't remember that much about spring breakers either so that's why i'm kind of interested oh. to rewatch it too because because you were drunk the whole time probably you were trying to reenact the realism i was trying to be alien by drinking with 
But then you get the lens of the podcast too. You know, what I mean, thinking about it, like, hey, we got to talk about this later. So now you really got to like, you know, you're trying to pick things think about out it. and think, yeah, exactly, right. Weirdly, which is honestly, that's how I want to think about all movies. Yeah, is like through the lens of yeah. our podcast because I want to like think about them as like talk. How do you talk with other people about these? Like, what are the concepts? What are the ideas? Mm-hmm. Like that stuff is so interesting to me. So. I want all, all films to be like, to be like Dude, that. I can't wait to talk about Trash Humpers. <laughs> trash Humpers. Incredible. I, uh, Incredible. Side note, it, it came in the mail today, so I signed up for the DVD Netflix thing. Again, just because I'm behind on a whole bunch of movies, and it's a good way to just crank a bunch out. Um, and it my, my first two came in the mail today, which were Trash Humpers and uh, the, the new... Oh, fuck uh the the they were never you were never really here oh, oh yeah you, sweet yeah uh i forgot the name of the filmmaker of that one uh, but lynn uh, ramsey yeah lynn ramsey um and i explained trash humpers to my roommate and she was just like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> you're soon to be ex-roommate <laughs> right? oh yeah oh yeah and soon, soon to, to be, be ex-wife <laughs> but i was just like oh no, no no not my not my wife um uh, we live. We no, live I'm, I'm saying, and it will be soon to be ex-wife. Oh yeah, if she sees me watching it. But I was, <laughs> I was explaining it to my roommate, and it was just, she's like, that one awards, you know, it won it documentary won. awards. Yeah, it won yeah. as a documentary. It won best documentary at the Venice Film Festival. Yeah, yeah, which is so funny. It's um, fucking but awesome. she, she was just like, that sounds. Dude, it's so incredible. (laughs) My mom to this day still recites some of the lines from Trash Humpers. She hasn't seen the whole thing. She's just seen parts of it. She's just like... His movies, dude, are just so compelling. Like, when I was watching with my partner, she just, like, couldn't... You know, we'd, like, you know, maybe stand up to, like, take a drink or something. And she just, like, wouldn't look away from the film. It's it's just amazing. You want to watch his stuff. So, uh, let's real quick wrap this kind of up with a uh, quick little round table thing here um and i kind of feel like i want to start with byron i don't know which one i like more i know you don't that's why i want to start we we can just oh okay well we can just start with me if that's easy or you can start with me it's cool i mean maybe you guys will make my decision for me i I, honestly i (laughs) i just know that we've been built this is this is your jam this is your guy right here this is your jam yeah you know uh I'm I'm gonna go with Gummo um, because it is you know like his first escapade you know into filmmaking and there's 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 always something impressive about a person's first film when it's as good as Gummo you know because yeah. like if if you look at other filmmakers like Chris Nolan or something like the following isn't really his you know his great debut as much as memento is you know like memento is a far uh more interesting movie but here's a guy who came in with gummo right off the bat um and i think like i think you like both but i i think uh gummo is certainly doing things uh that are way more interesting than julian donkey boy uh just because of its uh blend of documentary and um and and narrative but it it, but it's used to like for a tone specifically while uh julian donkey boy is like all about the character and it's Mm. it 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 is a tone also but it's not 
it's it it feels like this internal thing like it's an an internal tone from the guy versus an external one from the town and i think i think you might be more privy to to that okay external yeah so i'm gonna go with that you're more influenced by gummo too i've never seen you do something or even parts of julian donkey boy gummo yeah with the disconnection of scenes and ideas and sort of non-linear i uh conceptualizing okay yeah is uh i think even if you don't think about it yeah it is the one that comes out more (laughs) Um, yeah even even just like the images of gummo like the just like what you are seeing i think that inspires you more okay like i think you like the idea of of the uh julian uh running down with like his dead whatever because you actually had a pitch that was yeah basically that or it's very similar to that idea and that's where I was like, oh, that's where Byron got his pitch from. Uh, but um, uh, but I, I, I think the actual, like, images, because you don't actually really see that baby. But, like, I feel like you want to actually see it. Yeah. And I feel like if that happened in Gummo, you would see it. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gummo is the choice for sure. So it's weird because um, Julian Donkey Boy was the first Harmony Crane film I'd, I'd ever see, seen. See, I was wondering which one, which one yeah, you saw that's first. That's why you can't decide. Um, that's why you can't decide. Yeah, it's tough because that, that's... <laughs> we figured it out. That's like... I mean, I watched that movie probably a good year and a half, maybe two years before I ever saw Gummo. Um, so Ju- Julian Donkey Boy was the film that I knew of as Harmony Crane, like what his films were. Um... And then I saw Gummo and was like, well, yeah, this is definitely the same <laughs> director, you know, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. but this is his first no film. Doubt. And I was definitely like blown away um, by like, fuck, this is his first film. But at the same time, it wasn't like it wasn't like I had found a new um, person to uh ogle at um because i already had that with julian donkey boy right you know what i mean um but yeah you guys are right i think i think gummo it's just it's like edgier too i think it's like way edgy and it's but it's also like it's there i just i uh, it's weird and i never hardly say this but there's something like tender about it and I've, i've used it a couple times now that i just really like like that whole crying song and yeah and and i just love that guy i i listen I, for some reason i'm fucking spacing out on his name um uh, i got it, it right here it is roy roy orbison and and i love roy orbison i mean his music is in um david lynch's films and um my grandpa used to listen to him when i was a little kid um and that song is Does just he like sing, uh, the blue the blue velvet song it's not not the blue velvet song but he sings the song um candy colored clowns <laughs> they call the sandman in oh, um the part where i don't remember that oh but I shit <laughs> the part where the guy is singing into the light bulb in blue velvet i really have to watch that movie again yeah um but anyway <laughs> I don't uh, remember that but in both of these films are really beautiful and i think maybe one of the reasons why i haven't had any films that look like julian donkey boy is because i look at it and it's so <laughs> beautiful that there's really no reason to uh, uh, replicate it you know what I mean? or try because it's like the, those slow motion grainy images of chloe 70 or whoever 
skating. Oh yeah. Oh, forget yeah. it. How can you recreate that? Or when she's walking through the field. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just like with the zoom. Effect yeah. On you know, I mean, I yeah, want to. I want to. But I. Maybe that's maybe the next film I do. I'll try and re- recreate that like just fucking super grainy DV look. Um, and shoot it on my old old JVC camcorder or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> but you could. The fuck. I mean, yeah. I mean, now you guys are right. We'll do it on a GoPro and then like it's transfer it to like a 480 yeah. timeline and then blow that, that up to 1080. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that would be cool to fuck around with. Dude, that I'm just reading. Cool. I was. Uh, this little part about Gummo, the filming of it, and uh, they were saying there was one house they filmed in that housed 15 people and several thousand cockroaches. Bugs literally crawled up and down the walls. Corinne comments that we had to take out stuff to be able to put the camera in the room, and at times the crew rebelled against filming in such conditions, and Corinne was forced to purchase hazmat suits for them to wear. Corinne <laughs> and Escoffier, the cinematographer who thought this was offensive, wore Speedos and flip-flops just to piss them off. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, he's like, uh, he encouraged improvisation and spontaneity. To achieve this, Corinne had to establish a mode of trust. If an act, quote, if an actor is a crack smoker, let him go out between takes, smoke crack, and then come back and throw his refrigerator out the window. Let people feel they can do whatever they want with no consequence. So that's how he got his improvisational methods out, which I think is hilarious. I, I like that scene where the kid's like taking the pictures off the walls and there's any, and then he accidentally slips and then underneath is just like this plethora of insects and bugs and it's, it's so like, and it's so sad though, because that's I where they live. So that they sad. live in that. Someone lives there, right. yeah. I mean, because it's all those clothes and stuff, and like, yeah, it's sad, but yeah, it's like beautiful, but yet it's funny. But it's just like it's funny too, and that's I think that's also where the sadness comes yeah. from. Is that you kind of laugh at it, and it, there's a <laughs> sadness to and to and it those, but you have to laugh because it's like so sad but also you feel bad and you laugh i don't know there's like so many emotions going on when you watch and it. the kids like shooting each other or the, the kid shooting the bunny and the way he yeah and he just lays and the way the he time. swears you you yeah. know he's he, like he's putting word swear words where you wouldn't actually use those swear words but because they're swear words he's just using them like mm-hmm. he doesn't actually know what they mean but he, it's yeah. he's trying to be like adult about it. It's just yeah. priceless shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cool. Yeah, Gummo. So Gummo for Byron. Yeah. All right. Gummo for Byron. Let's it's do, close uh, though. Close. Continuing along the circle. Let's do me. Fuck. You go first. <laughs> um. See, see, Gummo has the voiceover. literally starts with it which we didn't talk about but i feel like we should have um see i I don't have a problem with voiceover though yeah i don't like voiceover narration yeah what what is the difference between narration is like and then they went down to the store and then they did that and you know what i mean it's like oh where they don't really like the voiceover in gummo is he's just kind of like I guess it's a sort of establishing voiceover, which I was, you know, like, that's, that's fine. See, like, I thought the establishing voiceover was the thing that pissed you off. Like, oh, and then they did this, and then he felt this, and that's what, like, this is in this movie. 
Mm, right? Maybe I can't remember exactly what he said, but I didn't really have a problem with it. Yeah, but he kind of sets... Funny. He, hmm. Funny. That just backs up my uh, <laughs> my case from 30 episodes back or whatever. Um, <laughs> let's see. I don't know. I, th- I think you like Gummo. Oh, actually, this is hard for Keith. I felt like it was maybe not obvious for Byron, but um, easier for Byron. But I could honestly see either way for Keith. Um, you know, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say Gummo, uh, just because you you in the, during the pod you talked. Not negatively about Julian Donkey Boy, but like slightly negatively. But you hadn't seen you know? it before, right? No, I hadn't seen Julian Donkey Boy before. I think you. I think it's. I think it is Gummo, but I. I can't put my finger on why outside of its, outside of the experimental nature of the film, because uh, I know you really dig experimental stuff. But Julian Donkey Boy is not as experimental. It's it's more narrative. It's it's more character study. So I, I think that aspect of it just kind of hindered, or that that aspect of it puts it below Gummo. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Gummo for you. God damn it! This is tough because Keith throws curveballs and stuff sometimes, <laughs> and and sliders. But and like like you really really balls. like like Blair Witch and things you know that. Right. That, that, but here's the thing: is Julian Donkey Boy. It's not a genre, you know. It's not like horror yeah. genre. It is nightmarish, but it's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say it's a horror film, even though it is but, very. But scary. I also feel like Keith. I don't know. I think there might be something about Julian as a character that maybe he likes because it's so. It's. I mean, can you name another character like that in fucking film? No. Did he deserve an Oscar nomination for it? Yes. Like, there's something about that film that's so impressive that 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 kind of screams like Keith's um, like because Keith likes to rebel too. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like, like, like. Yeah, Gummo is rebellious. But it's it's rebellious mainly because it's a first film, and there hadn't been a film quite like it. Whereas Julian Donkey Boy kind of takes it, and then the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm like, fuck, maybe I should have picked Julian Donkey Boy. Yeah, actually, the um, the, oh fuck, because it is that fuck. Because you it's more of a fuck me. you. Um, yeah, it is totally a fuck. You. Uh, maybe it is Julian. I'm gonna switch so my I, vote. You convince me. <laughs> I know, and now I think I've convinced myself that I might like Julian Donkey Boy for more too. <laughs> You convinced yourself of your own opinion just by God talking about it. God damn it. No takes yeah, Julian Donkey Boy is like the first one I've seen, you know? I don't know. I'm going to say Julian Donkey Boy for uh, uh, Keith. I'm, I'm switching my vote. I'm going to... I Byron convinced me. I think it's Julian Donkey Boy. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> You're like dying over it? there from the... Fuck, what is man, it? this fucking episode, dude. I'm telling you. Uh, it is Gummo. Okay. It is Gummo. Oh, damn it. Byron, um, fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I can't miss myself. Um, dude, Gummo... I don't know, dude. There's something that's just like... Like, how do you make this movie? Yeah. I don't even know. I just don't. And it's one of the few movies that I would give like a 6 out of 5. 
like yeah. really high level score like i mean to just come out of nowhere and make this movie as young as he was is just mind-boggling and like <laughs> takes a lot of balls dude like there's a lot yeah. of stuff in there that's just like like that's confidence man yeah. and even if it's he wasn't necessarily confident about what he was doing it he pulled it off like he was yeah. confident you know yeah. um, it feels confident what's that it definitely feels very confident exactly and like he has honed his craft for years prior to making this right which i guess he kind of did i mean because when you show up on the scene and you make your first film i mean you 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 hit the waves as a certain type of person right like you you show of what you are like nolan like i know following was his first one but really it's memento which really yeah, showed hit you the waves yeah and it showed you who he was like i'm a complex person you know i got these complex stories these big ideas big it, actor intellectual yeah intellectual stuff, yeah. very cinematic like you know you just there's something about that um you know you ref it in some ways with pusher like just the way he became that sort of like crime guy you know it's stylized crime basically and like gummo you're just like why would you want to come out as the, your that be your first <laughs> film you know and then he's like like that is a film that you look at and you expect for him to never have a career after that let alone one where he's suddenly working with disney stars and james franco you know 20 years later it's weird because and ad and commercial perfume and perfume commercials it's weird because my my buddy talked to corinne on the phone one time and he's like yeah we were just all excited to hire him for like a for an ad yeah and I was we, like, we oh, talked about that commercial, he's like i think he's like well it was just it was like a Wells Fargo ad or something. Oh, it would mind. have never worked. We just wanted to talk to him because <laughs> they were so did the, fascinated by his work. Yeah, uh, Dior. Dior. That's what it was. Yeah, he did that Dior commercial. Um, but it's just, it's, it's just. I mean, that's just brazen ass filmmaking, man. Julian Donkey Boy is good. Don't get me wrong, and I do really like the character of Julian. Um, and I really like that ending sequence, man, yeah. where he like just it all kind of snaps yeah. and he just grabs the baby and just fucking runs. And yeah. it's just, there's some, it's, it's almost like rogue in that sense where everything kind of led up to that moment, um, that ending yeah. or whatever. Um, so I do really like that, but I just didn't find it as compelling. Mm-hmm. Like gummo is yeah. just like, how you can't even look yeah. like you literally can't look away because you don't know what's going to happen. Everything that's happened has been so weird, but great. And you're just like, I gotta, I gotta finish this all the yeah. way through. You know, Gummo is the movie that, like, I wish I had the balls to make, really, in a lot of ways. It's weird about how you say confidence and stuff, too. But there's also, I think, a lot of arrogance with Karen that I think it's overlooked. Totally. Um, because he is a genius. I think that's just he is, every director. He is a genius, but... <laughs> totally. I mean, you need to YouTube um, Karen on Letterman. When he was really young. I mean, he was on Letterman before he made Gummo, I believe. Um, or right after he filmed it, but it hadn't been released. Um, and I, th- I think he was there for just kids, for having written kids, because it was a thing. And then I think he went on again for Gummo. And then he went on again 
for um yep, 95 97 99 yeah because yep. then he went on again for crack up at the race rights which was his book which i have and i was looking at it and i think it's at my parents house at the moment in a box and i'm greatly disappointed that i did i for some crazy reason thought i had that with me so next time i go home i want to grab that which is a very cool interesting little book that he wrote um and he's very I mean, he's on heavy drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. He was fucked up for a very long time at a very early age. So what you get from Gummo is really from a mind of someone who, yes, is very talented, genius, but also very high. <laughs> yeah. you can, like, you cannot take that. Um, uh, you have to put that in uh, to what... I mean, obviously, he's been, he's been sober and he made... Um, Mr. Lonely and Spring Breakers um, since then, and now Beach Bum, um, or the Beach Bum. Um, and he's still obviously very, very talented. Um, so you can't take that away from him. But I think the confidence isn't all just confidence, you know? It's, it's, well, it's, it's arrogance saying. and just like. Also, his... when you're fucked up on drugs, exactly. Like you, don't you don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck. Sure. And and when you watch those Letterman interviews, he doesn't give a fuck what Letterman is is talking or making fun of him. And you know what I mean? Like, sure. It's it's it, some of it's really awkward to watch. He also comes from that like punk <laughs> skateboard skating yeah, like exactly yeah lifestyle for sure yeah. And it's a mix of all those things. And I say, I guess I say confidence because that's what I focus on. Yeah, yeah, film yeah. is because it takes right so yeah, much yeah. such a i don't know as i think any filmmaker looks at their stuff and is just like wow this is the worst shit ever what am i doing yeah. why am i eighty thousand dollars in debt yeah. what is going on and then you have to finish it and you have to have it sh- watched by people because that's just what a movie is and, and showing your film in a public setting or whatever is brutal it's, it's still <laughs> I, I don't think i've ever been in a scarier situation like standing internally up in front of the you class, know what I mean? yeah. like standing up in front yeah. of the class to give a presentation is not nearly as bad no. as your movie on the fucking screen it's exhilarating it's yeah. still exhilarating though but yeah. it's still yeah, like it yeah. terrifying yeah it's terrifying and so it like there's like physical pain you know <laughs> really yeah like it i is. feel like yeah. my heart is gonna explode yeah. yeah you know totally. for me it's like I, I get shifty in my seat like, yeah I just, yeah i can't do it. I, I, mean, I get sharp pains like like as if like like yeah no exactly like and gastrointestinal like, like your hands hurt, like, yeah. you know? yeah you're just like yeah yeah and it feels like everyone is like not looking at you but they're judging you like they you know? know where you're yeah. at yeah, the yeah exactly but they don't but yet you're yeah, just, and like, you're just, that like, guy made that movie yeah. and you just start pitting out yeah. there's, there's, there's something wrong it's that guy yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know it's not and that's true so it's like all this weird like internalized <laughs> stuff so you have to just essentially be like i don't care it's like confidence or not you have to just show it right yeah it's just something that occurs um but to make films and be confident is a trait that I respect. Yeah, yeah. And even if it was a drug-fueled rampage to the end oh, of Gummo... He, he's still confident as fuck, though. It's yeah. still this, like... I mean, I want to say that I would love to make these, like, super rebellious movies or whatever that are just, like, these big, th- like, middle fingers. Yeah. And I do to an extent, but at the same time, I don't know how f- far I would go with that. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, Gummo was just, like whatever dude yeah well and also technology is so different now too it's changed the game you know like what could you know what i mean like 
it's just different at least aesthetically for sure so yeah so gummo just is very it's very peculiar it stuck with me a lot there's lots of there's a couple of shots in there that i really what i've been starting to do is i'm building this um essentially like a look what a lookbook a different version of a lookbook for me it's just literally shots that i put on the paper and you just flip through and you just say okay, wow really that shot was from this movie just things you like. Yeah, just things that really so like. So if you need to make a lookbook later, you can pull from these. Exactly. Like, yeah, there was really one smart. shot in this film that I just heard of recently where there are, like, this couple standing in a bathroom. It's kind of wide. And it's just, like, this up. It's, like, a nice bathroom. And then there's just, like, a noose hanging from the fucking ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh-huh. it just, like, is just kind of above them. I'm just like, that, that. I don't know this movie. I don't know what is occurring. But that shot is just, like... It really just grabbed me, you know? That's so, so like, funny. It's weird you mentioned that. I, I was watching a music video and it had a noose in it the other day and i'm like i want to do a new a, a noose scene for a film and i came up with a super short film like maybe a minute long mm-hmm. and it has a noose in it that's so funny that's so Dude, weird synchronicities man, yeah they exist anyway it's gummo oh shit well i went so long on that description uh gummo for me um so let's finish up with uh with jacob and i think it's gummo as well uh, because you you are that person who has been look who looks for like va- I guess variants in film just like there's certain movies that you watch and you're like you didn't know what to expect and then you watch it and you're like whoa like this is a lot better than these two idiots who have been talking about gummo <laughs> on this podcast the whole time made it out to be and so you're just kind of like surprised by it um, so I think it, I think it's gummo. Plus, again, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I think I think you and I think a lot of that same on the production side of things, too, of like, you know, how things get made and how did shit get like, like how you do it. But then also like how did this even come about, you know, to get to the point of how you made it, basically. So I think there's that same sort of mindset. Um, fuck, I, I, I agree with that, but fuck it. I want to say Julian Donkey Boy. Cause it's more, cause it's more character based and I know you love character based. And I think there's like, I think the sweetness between Julian and his sister is something that you took away and that just that lead up to that, you know, heart wrenching, I guess you could say scene of the baby and, and him, his innocence. I mean, it really, it's Julian grabbing that baby it's it's like almost like he's grabbing himself um he he's really the only one that can like recognize how sweet and innocent this baby could have been and and he just wants it's just crazy um so i think i think that aspect of jillian donkey boy is something that's just more jacob plus i think that scene where herzog has the gas mask and he's in his underwear that's just jacob on a saturday night (laughs) yeah yeah just the gas mask i think i think that's me in 10 years (laughs) i think i think he's more like the 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 son and tiffany is the is Werner herzog spraying him with the water hose (laughs) quit your moody brooding (laughs) (laughs) no i'm kidding i'm kidding oh then he fights a garbage can you're kidding but it's still it's still stung just the <laughs> Please don't hurt me, Tiffany. Um, um, yeah, uh, you guys are both right in 
b both of your guys' hits, but one of you is more right, and that person is Keep, because I liked Gummo more. Um, and here's the thing. I feel like <laughs> normally it would be Julian Donkey Boy, because it is that character thing. It, it You know, like, if I'm a sucker for something, that's going to be it. But... This, you know, this is really a testament to Gummo, I think, that I'm picking Gummo over over Julian Donkey Boy. Um, because it's not really the kind of... I mean, I, I, don't, I haven't watched a film outside of um, our bro episode where I'm just, like, want to vomit afterwards, you know? <laughs> uh, but I feel, like a, I feel like a big part of that is because of the story... That is Troy Duffy and the making. Oh, not it was a Troy. Duffy? Yeah, 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 Troy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Troy Duffy and the making of Boondock Saints. I feel like that is influencing my opinion of the movie. But, um, but Gummo, like, I just I feel like it's just like such this weird movie. And I would regularly like I'd be into a movie like this, but it's not like what I strive to make. But there's something so fascinating about it. And you got, I think you guys nailed it on the head. Like, you just literally can't look away. And in this day and age, if a movie is doing that, then I think it's a successful movie. Totally. You know, yeah, it's yeah, plain yeah. and simple. Like, if you feel the need to pull out your phone during a movie, then that sucks. But I, Gummo, like, I watched it on my computer with two screens on. And I did not click on my other screen at all. I just watched it the whole time. But... You know, if I'm watching it with two screens normally, any movie, I you know I'll go I'll go I'll Wikipedia something you know trivia facts whatever, but not with Gummo. I just sat and watched it, mm -hmm. so I think there's something to that. I would also argue that Gummo, and we didn't talk about this at all, um, has aspects of coming of age, like oh, it, totally. what the kids yeah. do. It totally. And which yeah. you've said multiple times yeah. that you—that's like your jam. Is my favorite. That's and that's why but I. I also think Julian Donkey Boy does too. It does. It kind of yeah. does. Like, I feel it like that a, is. Yeah. But there's you like this like mean? growing up, especially thing with the about, brother and like. Well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, Julian Donkey Boy kind of hits you like right after sort of that's kind of mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. Because it's it's a guy's descent into schizophrenia. That's yeah. what it's supposed to be. Whereas like Gummo's right. got that like, these kids are kind of growing up. Yeah. It feels you know. like the the kid his like descent into whatever or his schizophrenia, um, it, he still feels like a kid to me. You know sure, what I mean? Totally, so in that totally, like yeah. sense, I like maybe not superficially it's a coming of age, but it still feels like he is coming of age through that story. Yeah, yeah. You know totally. what I mean? But yeah, I think that's really interesting. I, I did not think about that when I watched Gumball. Yeah, I think that's why I I think it's like kind of similar to Tree of Life. It has that like yeah, you know, because it's all about that yeah that childhood and life mm -hmm. totally um white trash boyhood um so can the word gummo be a thing can can that just uh be a, a term used for scary do, white do trash do you know people? why it's called gummo though i don't uh I don't. no so i thought that w i thought he was just hey here's a word no it's it's he picked gummo because gummo is the marx brother that quit the marx brothers before they got famous it's he's like the forgotten Marx brother. Oh, interesting. That oh. was a part of the whole thing, and but but quit the comedy group um, before they became famous. So he's not in any of their movies or anything. Um, so he's the guy who he had a tornado fly through his life, and now he's just yeah. He's kind of like the forgotten yeah. one, you know. Um, yeah, which is a, 
awesome kind of like it's also these people are like the forgotten exactly and the town is forgotten yeah. you interesting know? yeah um so it it, forgotten town. it makes like complete yeah. sense you know hmm, um that adds a cool level to it but uh uh jacob so keith and i we, we talk about harmony cran and, and and how you know influential and how much we like him and everything i'm curious are these were these films like anything remotely what you were expecting from what we said or like was it like i, I i'm just curious on your reaction to there has been a lot of build-up to this in, episode in hindsight they are exactly what i would expect you know but i just it's so hard to communicate what a film is with words but you like know? while you were like and, while you were watching like when you started the credits started rolling like what what were you like wow this is I wasn't imagining the credits like this or you know what I mean like what what were your what was your internal your inner dialogue while you were watching it were you if 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 if, um, if you were maybe it it was definitely like I don't know um, I I would say it's way more engaging than I thought it would be. Oh, okay. I thought cool. it would be, I thought it would be more um on, honestly I thought it'd be more refiny. You know, oh, okay. or like, you know, <laughs> like more slower paced or uh kind of more more like Kubrick, you know, where it's just like slow and intentional and artsy. Um so but this is more like chaotic and rough and 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 just... Yeah, but it's literally the opposite of intelligent which is intelligent in itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't try to be artsy fartsy bullshit. Right. Even though it is an it art is film. Because yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, because it isn't. Um and that's why a lot yeah, of critics hated like... it. Like oh, yeah. a lot yeah. of critics fucking still has a very shat on it. Yeah. yeah. But then others I, like Gusman Sant and Werner Herzog are like, this is the greatest fucking I think thing. Ebert had a gave it pretty good. Oh yeah, ratings, Ebert yeah. liked it, yeah. But and Ebert's a huge yeah. Herzog fan too. Ebert has this weird he's got weird taste, man. Yeah. that guy's it's great. <laughs> I, but yeah, it, it it was definitely like during the opening scenes of Gummo when they're singing that every day. And uh, oh no 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 no, that's not what it is. The, uh, they sing the cut the cockadoodle yeah yeah that one. As soon as that happened, I was like enamored by the movie. I was like, this is. Cool. I, I love I mean? the like no one's ever done this before and it just was fascinating the julian donkey boy i'm a, a black albino the, the song oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. see that was the other th- cool thing about these that dude rapping was that was the repetitive sick, uh lines of dialogue and the, the songs they would sing songs twice they would and that there's something just there's the guy with no arms yeah, absurd yeah. and crazy about dude it. like those characters were amazing a huge aspect of harmony Crin that we didn't touch on at all that we have to just mention at least briefly here before we talk about it in trash humpers is his like vernacular and his interest in words and language he's a fucking poet like his derived bo- from people yeah. who speak it and his 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 book is a collection of like poems and and phrases and and these like quips of things um and his interest of in in language and and like um like local how local people say certain things and how that differs from other things is like colloquialisms and stuff is 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 massive um 
just like the regional yeah, dialect. Yeah, and that sort sort that sort of repetition and, and that's in Spring Breakers with repetition of gun sounds and and even the songs that they're singing and um and stuff and, and phrases and, and he takes it to a whole new level with trash humpers um and it's by the sounds that the characters even make just sounds because of how much more fake those characters are too I mean, yeah there's a mix but it's like you know he doesn't it's it's just different yeah, there's, I can't there's wait. so trash many so many good sayings cool. and, and phrases that you could repeat over and over from Julian Donkey Boy and Dude, that Gummo. scene where he's in that, when he's talking to them and then that guy starts rapping is fucking gold. Yeah. I forgot actually about that. That one is probably one of the best yeah. scenes in the movie. And then when they meet the dude with no arms and he's playing drums and shit. It's yeah. just like, yeah, fucking <laughs> that was, that was cool. And you can, and you, you're, yeah. And, yeah. and the, the, the deaf people arguing. Yeah. Like at the bowling alley. <laughs> yeah. Like that was like, yeah. whoa, this is this is cool and it's, it, <laughs> like i like this movie. in herzog you you know he's in his fucking element too yeah as exactly. he's, he's just, just surrounding by surrounded by these outcasts and these forgotten people that's yeah. herzog shit man he, his first film was about a group of dwarves that that lived separate from the rest of the people because they didn't want to live with fucking terrible that's people amazing. and it's this fucking shit like that man that's awesome yeah no we'll talk more about that uh, especially like with the people and stuff more in part two because I think it'd be interesting to focus more on character. Yeah. Um, and there's oh there's little people in every Harmony Corinne film I think except for Spring Breakers I think. Hmm. So far. That's interesting. Yeah, Mr. Lonely is the one that didn't make it onto our list of stuff that we are going to watch for sure, but it'll I'm sure I'll watch. Yeah, it I think it'll bring it. Be it seemed like up. the most the least interesting one to me. It is. It's my it's my least favorite of his. Yeah. But also. Mm. Um, uh, the one that's least like a documentary. No, it goes in your headset. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, be curious to check that one out. Sweet. So, uh, yeah. So, kind of two and a half gummos, I guess. As the yeah. choice is. <laughs> I kind of want to say Julian Donkey Boy now, but at the same time, I don't. Oh, know. you want to be hipster about it? <laughs> I think um, I think it's still gummo. I think I think, I think I, the only reason it's Julian Donkey Boy is because you watched that one first, totally. and that's when you were. Yeah so wowed but i think if you actually thought about it it'd be gummo, yeah. stop being so reactive yeah, and emotional it's tough, it's tough. <laughs> i'm so emotional bring harmony into your life <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it he did bring uh, it we told, you, he did. we told you it's all <laughs> leading up until the end uh all right oh, if you have any shit. questions or opinions send an email to b2b films podcast at gmail.com and if you like the show please please take a little bit of time out of your day and rate and review the show wherever you listen because it really does help us out it takes it takes a second it's, it's not super it's short not that i mean you can time. do it on the apple podcast app i mean if you don't want to write something or if you want to write like a couple words or something just anything you know really helps do it for corinne do it do it for the harmony <laughs> uh if you like if you want to uh, support the show even further anchor has a way where you can send money to creators through their site so if you listen on anchor you know consider that um this is totally not required but you know it can help help us in the long run uh, you can also follow us on letterbox at jacob fultz byron guette g-o-u-e-t-t-e and hyperion creator for me um also check out cinema therapy jacob's offshoot cheating podcasts which i don't i uh i wouldn't call it a cheating podcast as much as a master podcast because it's by myself so i'm not cheating on you guys with anyone i'm merely just exploring uh what your, it's like to be on my your own. own yeah wow that's actually yeah. a pretty good metaphor 
So did you get second episode out? Whatever. Uh, nope. All right. You know me. It could be out by the time this episode drops. It was a failed, it's, failed it's orgasm. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still not satisfied with the writing. Like I'm still, I'm still not satisfied with the episode. Um, so, still working on it. It'll be out when it's good. I think that. I think I just need to take out the, um, my release date idea and <laughs> just like I'm just going to release these when it feels really good. Just Byron's totally laughing. I think because it's a sex thing, sex joke. I'm guessing. Maybe have you considered doing a different movie? No, I mean I have other movies down the pipeline. He's been with it for a long time, but, so he's uh, not going to change. But each each of the movies is something about divisive films, and I really like Melancholia to be this thing about divisive films. All right, fair uh, enough. Just because of like where it lands in like criticism and stuff so fair enough but yeah i just gotta i gotta i gotta get good with it and I'm have you watched any of his other movies to maybe get a sense of what makes it divisive um no i probably should that's probably a good idea i should probably watch at least antichrist i've seen like nymphomaniac you know i've seen those oh okay too. that helps yeah but i should watch antichrist movie. just for the at least for the depression depression uh, trilogy yeah could help you, you know, jog your mind. Jog, it might, you know, it might. That's a, probably going. a good idea. I should probably, probably do that. So check out Cinema Therapy, which has one episode, and then we'll have more. Um, and like I said, I don't know when this episode's going to drop necessarily because I'm not even on the schedule anymore. So <clears throat> we'll see. I'm trying to get both of them out this week. Um, next episode, we'll be talking. This is after the happy hour episode. We'll be talking Harmony Korine Part 2 with Trash Humpers and Spring Breakers. And eventually that'll kind of lead up pretty close to Beach Bar. I think Beach Bar was 2019, but getting pretty close. So this will be a nice little preparation for those um, and for that. We could so. always do Beach Bum with the other one. Mr. Lonely. What is the other one? Yeah. Could. That could be a thing. We could do that. It could be interesting. Yeah, it depends on where we're at when it comes out. Yeah. Because I'm yeah, not 100% sure. sure. Um, but that's definitely an option. So, uh... Yeah, make sure you watch uh, Trash Humpers and Spring Breakers to be part of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.